Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. But notice what the scripture says. We will reap what we sow. So as you and I are here, we're going to again look at the life of David. And if we could, we just take chapter 11 and pitch it because we don't like it. But it speaks to us. We learn lots from it and we'll learn a lot of good things. So don't think if you're here that, well, you've been getting away with it. Whatever lifestyle we practice, eventually we'll reap guaranteed. One of the noteworthy things about the Bible is that it is not afraid to talk about the sins of those it mentions, even a hero of the faith like David. A man that God declares is seeking God's best was still an imperfect man. Pastor Mark will be teaching about God's honesty concerning man and man's fallenness and God's solution for that condition. You'll hear about a man who indulged a particular vice for many years without ever hearing God mention it even one time. Maybe you're in the same situation. As you listen to the teaching, you'll hear that there was a day of reckoning for David. There will be one for you too. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 2 Samuel chapter 11, as he continues with his series called The Life of David. You can turn in your Bibles. Actually, we're going to be in Galatians just for one verse. So turn there, if you will, to the book of Galatians, and then we'll be into 2 Samuel. There's Galatians chapter 6, verse 8. There's two key words I want you to think about. Here are the words transparent and cover-up. Transparent and cover-up. We learned that King David was taking a little siesta and got up and went out on his balcony and saw a beautiful woman, a wife, bathing and brought her, in spite of all the warnings, to the palace, Second Samuel eleven five says this: The woman conceived and sent word to David, saying, "I am pregnant." Now that's interesting. We have very few words up to here. These are the only words we have of Bathsheba. These are words that she really didn't want to say. David didn't want to hear. But this begins our conversation for all of us. In those two words, transparent or cover-up. Galatians 6, verse 8. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. 
The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. First thing you want to write tonight is a key truth for all of us. Sow only what we want to reap. You see, the law of sowing and reaping applies to the Christ follower and to the unbeliever. Just think about this. If you want to harvest wheat, then you won't plant oats. Also, we're going to see that for many years, David had a problem with that sin. That sin was a problem with women, lust. And it looked like he'd been getting away with it for many, many, many years. But you're going to see that even when sometimes we think we've gotten away with it, David's going to come to a place in the story, he thinks he's gotten away with it. He pulled it off. But notice what the scripture says. We will reap what we sow. So as you and I are here, we're going to again look at the life of David. And if we could, we just take chapter 11 and pitch it because we don't like it. But it speaks to us. We learn lots from it. And we'll learn a lot of good things. So don't think if you're here that, well, you've been getting away with it. Whatever lifestyle we practice, eventually we'll reap. Guaranteed. Now, when we sow to our sinful nature, you're going to see eventually we have to ask forgiveness for our sin. We have to own up to it. God promises us when we do that, he always forgives us. That's beautiful. So there's not going to be external death or external judgment. At the judgment seat of Christ, all of those sins have already been taken care of. But here on the earth, usually, not always, but usually we will reap some consequence of those sins that have been forgiven. Even though we get forgiveness, there usually is a trailing Consequences. I heard somebody say it like this. If you take a piece of wood and you take a nail and you pound it into the wood all the way through and then you remove the nail, the hole is still there. And that's really what you're going to see. We get forgiveness, but there are consequences to our sins. So really, I want to challenge you and myself, don't be deceived in sacrificing our future for some pleasure of today. Now, let's go to uh, 2 Samuel chapter 11, and we begin, we just showed you verse 5, so we'll begin in verse 6. David gets this news. You can imagine how miserable that next night of sleeping was for he and Bathsheba, And so David, verse 6, sent this word to Joab, his commander. Send me Uriah, the Hittite. Of course, Uriah is Bathsheba's husband. And Joab sent him to David. Now, the book of James says this. But each one is tempted when, by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. Then after the desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. So that chain of sin that began many years before 
is now going to play out even more in David's life to areas that he probably could never imagined that he would be tempted to do. And so this inner decision, the act itself, we're going to see the deception, the cover-up, and finally, sin takes him way farther than he ever imagined he could go. Now, David is working on a plan since he's heard the news. David knows that if the adultery is discovered, for sure, under the law, Bathsheba will be stoned. Realistically, he should be stoned as well. Now, whether because he's the king, he'll get away with that, we don't know what he's thinking or if that would have even happened. But would he be transparent and ask God and Bathsheba at this point, when he hears this, to forgive him and then, and then plead with God not to have Bathsheba killed or himself? Or will he try to cover it up? Will he take the difficult road now or will he take the easy one as what he thinks? Here's what I want to say to all of us. We've all been there. Christ follower, we want to be transparent before God. Now, we'll stop talking about David for a moment. We'll get back to him. You know this principle in your life. If this is the sin right here, and this is your confession and admitting of the sin to God, and it's out here, there's a problem. The closer you can get when there's a sin, the closer you and I can get to that sin, that act, that whatever, the confession to God, the better off we are. It always gets harder See, we think it's going to be, no, no, it gets harder and more complicated and more complicated, more people get involved. You've all been there. I know there's not much amens because we don't like to think about it, but I'm telling you, you've been there. It just gets worse and worse and worse because we don't want to face the music. We want to cover it up, but you've discovered and I've discovered it always gets worse. It always gets worse. So David knew the right thing to do. But again, the first thing we have to do after sinning is we try to cover it up. Now, where did we get that from? Well, we got that from our ancestors, Adam and Eve. Started way back at the beginning. Our mom and dad. They, after they sinned, what did they do? Immediately tried to cover it up. Made themselves, they found out they were naked, put skins on, did whatever. Verse 7. Now, when Uriah, of course, he's on the battlefield... When he came to him, David asked him how Joab was, how the soldiers were, and how the war was going. So here's a bunch of uh, foolishness here. He's doing nothing but setting up his plan. He doesn't care about Uriah. He's not thinking about Uriah. He's just making small talk. Then David said to Uriah, go down to your house and wash your feet. So Uriah left the palace, and a gift from the king was sent after him. Now, What's he saying? Well, we would say this today. Go wash your feet. All of you that are wives, if your husband's going to get in bed with you, should have his feet washed. You don't want dirty feet. Okay, I mean, that's just an understanding. This is exactly, without the Bible saying what it is, David's hoping, you know exactly what he's hoping. He's brought Uriah home, and he says, 
You haven't been with your wife for a long time sexually. She's missing you. She'd be ready to make love to you. And you're definitely ready to make love. So go wash your feet. Go out and make love to her. Now, why is he doing that? So that when he's gone, the child will seem to be theirs. But watch what happens. But Uriah slept at the entrance to the palace with all his master's servants that did not go down to his house. Maybe he took two or three cold showers. I don't know what he did. But just the thought of it, for a guy that's been on the battlefield, pretty tough. Verse 10. When David was told, Uriah did not go home, he asked him, haven't you just come from a distance? Why didn't you go home? And Uriah said to David, now I want you to look at me for a moment. You're going to see amazingly who the more honorable man is. Is it the man after God's own heart? Or is it Uriah? You're going to discover Uriah is way more honorable than David. Uriah said to David, the ark in Israel and Judah are staying in tents. And my master Joab and my Lord's men are camped in the open fields out on the battlefield. How can I go to my house to eat and drink and lie with my wife? As surely as you live, I will not do such a thing. Then David said to him, here's plan number two. Stay here one more day and tomorrow and I'll send you back. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day and the next. Now at David's invitation, he ate and drank with him, the king, which would have been a big deal. And David made him drunk. So here we go. But in the evening, Uriah went out to sleep on the mat among his master's servants and he did not go home. So David continues to attempt to cover up his sin by inducing Uriah to have normal sexual relationships with his wife, explaining why she's pregnant. But instead of having intercourse with his wife, Uriah destroys both of David's plans. Uriah is a better man than King David. Now what's David going to do? His plans both have failed. Maybe now he's going to go, okay, this, this, this isn't working. While Uriah's home, let's just admit up to it. Let's get it done with. Get it off my chest. Get it off my mind. No, there's another plan coming. Now, where is the battle? It's in the mind. Where all our battles are. So he's role-playing. And he's capturing these thoughts and he's taking them out. Okay, this is not good. This didn't work. This didn't work. I know how it'll work. So his plan is going to be this. The sooner he can have Uriah killed, the sooner Bathsheba will come to the palace and the closer that will look that that is her date. It was really his. And here we go. Verse 14. Now in the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it with Uriah. In it he wrote, watch this, put Uriah in the front line where the fighting is fiercest, then withdraw from him so he will be struck down and die. So while Joab had the city under siege, he put Uriah at a palace where he knew the strongest defenders were. Stop and look at me for a moment. What is Joab thinking? We don't know what he's thinking. We don't know whether he knew all of this or... He's thinking somehow he brought him back. David knows something treacherous about Uriah. 
We don't know this, but look at the plan. As he begins doing all this, look at verse 17. When the men of the city came out and fought against Joab, some of the men in David's army fell. Moreover, Uriah the Hittite died. So Joab sent David a full account of the battle. He instructed the messenger, when you have finished giving the king this account of the battle, the king's anger may flare up. And he may ask you, why did you get so close to the city to fight? Don't you know that they would shoot arrows from the wall? Who killed Abimelech, son of Jerob, Besheth? Didn't a woman throw an upper millstone on him from the wall so that he died in Thebes? Why did you get so close to the wall? If he asked you this, then say to him, also your servant Uriah, the Hittite, is dead. So the messenger sent out, and when he arrived, he told David everything that Joab had sent him to say. And the messenger said to David, the men overpowered us and came out against us in the open, but we drove them back to the entrance of the city gate. Then the archers shot arrows at your servants from the wall, and some of the king's men died. Moreover, your servant, Uriah, the Hittite, is dead. So now David has not only committed adultery, but murder. And look at the innocent men also that are killed because of David's plan. Now, you've heard this statement. Hopefully we don't have to hear it to ourselves. Sin will take you farther than you want to go cost you more than you want to pay, and keep you longer than you want to stay. That's the deceitfulness of sin. David is now, because he's fallen, has broken the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth commandments. A man after God's own heart. So David told the messenger... Say this to Joab, don't let this upset you. The sword devours one as well as another. Look at his heart. Press the attack against the city and destroy it. Say this to encourage Joab. When Uriah's wife heard that her husband was dead, she mourned for him. After the time of mourning was over, David had her brought to his house, and she became his wife. And bore him a son. David's cover-up has worked perfectly. No one will ever know. David is so proud of himself. Lots of close calls. But notice in verse 27, that isn't the end of the verse. Do you see verse 27? At the time the morning was over, David had her brought to his house, and she became his wife and bore him a son. I got away with it. Again, I got away with it. But notice the last part of verse 27. But the thing David had done displeased the Lord. Please write this down. No cover-up fools God. Aren't we foolish? Because we think the same thing. We think we can get away with it because maybe our motive isn't right. But nobody will know. No, 
David had forgotten about the all-knowing eyes of the Lord. Of course, he's written about it, but he forgets about it in his own life. That which is done in secret eventually will be out in the open. We see that the secret soon comes out, and you see as we move through here, the fact is here we are 3,000 years later studying David's cover-up that wasn't a cover-up. It's challenging to us. Luke 12, 2 says this, For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, nor hidden that will not be known. David writes this in Psalm 90, You spread out your sins before you, our secret sins, and you see them all. So what's going to happen? We have just finished that chapter 11. Here's what we know. For the next 12 months, 365 days, 525,600 minutes, David refuses to admit his sin to God. Between chapter 11 and chapter 12 is about one year period. That means that when David was going to write his psalms, when David was having personal devotions, quote, with God, there was a huge lack of integrity for those whole 12 months. In fact, the scripture says, if I have iniquity in my heart, God doesn't even hear me. And so it could be as David's just giving these praise and using his harp and singing to the Lord, it's just bouncing right back to him. For 12 months, David's fellowship with God is broken. For 12 months, David quenched, and you'll see this in one of his prayers, he quenched the Holy Spirit's comfort and conviction. Now, These 12 months are impacting for you and me because these 12 months, we've told you for many months now, three more important things in our life, God, people, and our time. 12 months wasted. No relationship with God. Nothing of any significance spiritually happening in his life. So his relationship with God is broken. His relationship with Bathsheba, who knows what that's like. His relationship when he sees his army come in and he knows he's had many of these people killed for one reason. His fighting men. His honorable men. Now, Psalm 51, homework for you if you want later. Psalm 51 and Psalm 32 Deal with David's confession and forgiveness. Let's just go to Psalm 32 just for a few verses. And this gives you a picture. It's a graphic picture, but it's a great warning to you and me. Because, again, the shorter the gap between sin and confession, the better it is for us and everybody else. Hard, yes, but it gets harder. Today, Pastor Mark taught about a difficult time in David's life. David heard news that will force him to decide between being transparent and trying to cover up his adultery. Unfortunately, he decided on the wrong action and dug his hole deeper. You were reminded that when you decide to try to cover up your sin, 
if you move away from having a close relationship with God. There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue teaching on the life of David. You'll hear more about David's attempt to cover up his infidelity and his failures to do so. Pastor Mark will talk about the danger of continuing down the path where sin leads you and how many times you end up in places you never thought you would land. But you'll be reminded that God's mercy is always available. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, The Life of David. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.